And we're recording. We're now recording. Even though Alana's not here. We're going to wait for her to go. Bing bong. On Zoom. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bing bong. Bing 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 bong. Bingy bong bong. Wow, 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 Ah! You went bing bong. Listen, how do I get my COVID joke into the world? <laughs> um, tell me, tell me your COVID joke. Um, well, COVID's short for conference video, isn't it? And That's then, the joke. Oh, right, and then I go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, COVID is really bugging me because Zoom has been having very bad reception lately. Um, I was using your pun there. Oh, yes, exactly. Conference video. In these COVID times. In the COVID times. Since the eucalypt so started, we've really been relying on COVID. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, we watched episode... Seven. We watched episode six and seven, but episode six was just a recap of oh. everything that had come before. Why do you think they did that? Like they would have because, had material. I think it was only, okay, so for the listeners and perhaps for you too, Sam, mm-hmm. Love Island is on, I believe, six days a week in the UK. Right. Um, and this was only the second season and it's the first week of the second season. So my assumption is that, you know, like you said, it, no, and it's Sunday. There's only been one week. It's the first week down and they want to give people an opportunity who perhaps didn't see the first few episodes uh, to get up to scratch on what had been going on, get to know the people. It's this, because it's the sort of show that, you might not feel so inclined to delve into if you did miss the introductory episodes because mm-hmm. you don't know the characters. Mm-hmm. So I think I think episode six being the last episode of the first week was entirely a recap for that reason. But anyway, we skipped over it. It is boring. Very boring. But what's helpful maybe for our listeners, um, if they haven't watched the show or have only watched a portion of the first week or something like that, they could watch episode six and get up to date really. Um, we didn't watch it though. That's a good point actually. We, maybe we'll, um, we can't legally put a link to that episode in my Dropbox up. But um, how, Oh, how is that illegal? Well, we'd be pirating that episode aside from the fact that I just oh, yeah, right. that we're it's watching a, tr- a pirated <laughs> <laughs> no, I bought Love Island. Do you know what? UK I'm going to do it anyway. JB Hi-Fi I'm gonna, DVD. I'm gonna, in, the, in the show notes for uh, this episode, I'm going to put up a link to season to uh, episode six of season two so that people can just watch one thing and catch up to where we're up to. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. All right, look in the show notes. While we're talking about this, um, I want to also. But re- remember, this is six weeks in. Yeah. We are now speaking. Six in, weeks in, yeah. In the future. I mean in right. the past. We just uploaded uh no, so we we uploaded episode two of our podcast 
a week ago. We're about to upload episode three and we're now recording episode six. That's how diligent we are. But so I still committed. think this could be useful for people anyway because uh, I've spoken to uh, friends who are, have been happy listening and enjoyed listening without knowing anything about Love Island prior. Me too. And they, they might just yeah. want to take their listenership that, you know, one step forward. Well, I've I got three types of friends it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of four. It's, it's three with a caveat in one of those categories. Mm-hmm. But like, there's the people That's who like had already watched eggs. Love Island. Um, yeah, there's caviar. Yeah. in in every category. Right. That's okay. What, um. So you've got like the friend who already had watched Love Island is totally on board. And then mm-hmm. you've got like the friend who'd never watched Love Island but has watched it because of me. Mm-hmm. Shout out to those people. They love me. Um, they're my dear friends. Everybody loves appreciate. You. That's not true. Don't say that. Don't piss in my pocket like that. Okay, sorry. Um, you're worthy of enemies. Thank you. Pleasure. God. I mean, a friend would never piss in my pocket. So actually, you've just So now we're enemies. Yeah. Well, I'm ready for that. Um, I'm ready for this new You contradicted dynamic. your own statement there. All right. Um, and then you got the friend who yeah, had never watched it, watched it and listens to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Then I've got friends who bless them, tried to watch the show because they were committed to listening to my podcast Mm -hmm. but just had to give up immediately. They're like, Alana, I cannot watch this. (laughs) This is is detrimental to my health. I feel terrible when I'm watching it. I can't do it but I love the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I suppose I have another category of friends who just don't give a fuck about the show or the podcast and they're still my friends. Um, Actually, for now, yeah. Can't Mm. imagine what we'll talk about moving into the future but. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I think the ones I've spoken to most about what we're doing are the ones that already loved Love Island and I've pretty much stayed in that bubble except for Christoph, who was so keen to l- watch it and enjoy it that he tried to but then couldn't. Couldn't, right. Yeah. But he's still yeah. listening to the podcast and enjoying it. He just yeah. likes the dynamic that's emerged between you and I. Yeah, and um, I also have friends like that and I think um, it reflects well on them, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because um, they have a depth of a a sort of integrity to them that means that they can't bear to watch Love Island. I I still sort of respect that even though I can't relate to it. Exactly. I really can't relate to it because it's some of the most entertaining television. I mean, what we watched tonight was incredibly compelling television. That's episode it really seven. Was. It's really great. I will say though, watching. to anyone contemplating, to anyone contemplating watching Love Island, it it really does pay to find to find a watching partner with, mm. um, because it's it's a different thing watching it alone. But you know, um, the other thing they should know is that we're always watching it, and we're not only watching the season that you and I are looking at now, the one that has Sophie in it. That um, we're also watching. We just finished watching the most recent UK one. The next one that comes out we'll watch. So just get up in our DMs and we can be your accompanying friend watching Love Island. Totally. Yeah, totally. And, we'll, and we'll talk about stuff that comes up in the show. Like I think I'd like It's it, such a good idea. I'd like us to have a network of people watching and thinking about Love Island in And regardless of in where they way. are, like 
share your thoughts with us yeah. about it as as the episodes reveal themselves to you and we'll talk about those ideas on the pod. Right, and that would be where, Alana? Could they get up in our DMs? Could they slide On in? our love underscore mainland Instagram. Yes, that's at love underscore mainland on the Instagrams. Please do slide in. Mm-hmm. And the other thing to say at this point is also if you like the show, recommend us to somebody and also rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. I hate that bit. I know we got to do it. I'm really, as Sam knows, I'm really trying to get accustomed to this um, budding public profile business. I just feel like that feels like groveling. It does feel like groveling. Uh, That's why I did it I've got so much crippling pride. Mm. Crippling pride. Pride is just shame though, isn't it? Well, it's one of the seven sins. Yeah. For a reason, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. Is it shame? Yeah. I think pride is shame. Yeah. Okay. Um, this episode? Do yeah, you have this episode. Any other? Episode seven. Yep. Go on then. It just seemed to be a lot of drama in this episode. Don't you think, Sam? Yeah, there was a lot of a drama in this episode. I think, yeah, there isn't a lot of Sophie material and we know from having seen some headlines and and done some reading about the season and mm-hmm. Sophie's life uh, in the wake of her suicide that there is, there, there is, as a matter of fact, more Sophie drama coming up. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't bother me so much um, I mean, because... By Sophie drama, do you mean killing herself? No, in the season. Oh, yes. The reason Sophie's suicide is interesting to us is precisely because it was in the context of finding love mm. on this show and that the, the show about the trout catching or whatever isn't of interest to us. <laughs> yeah, I, I do still want to watch that reality TV yeah, show. Yeah, we do have to do that. We have to watch all 32 shows where people kill themselves. Which which is like these shows where we happen to be able to see people who eventually went on to kill themselves because mm. they are in screened, <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> which I love. Um, they it, that's, that's not more or less interesting or meaningful than anyone else who has chosen to take their life. Yeah. Who hasn't been on reality TV. No, absolutely not. And we're not even trying to make a com- like a claim that um, there's a statistical increase in the number of suicides in the population who've been on Love Island um, versus the population at large. I do. Think, That's right. I do think it's probably higher though. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, should, shouldn't we be making um, a podcast about dentists then or something? Dentists, psychiatrists and anaesthetists. Um, oh. Percentage suicide Australia. Uh, 5.7 deaths per 100,000. How many? What, it, what, was, what was that stat? Have been on Love Island. 5.7 deaths per 100,000 per year. In in what in what cohort of people 
in the population. Yeah, in the cohort mm-hmm. of people. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's fu- it's what is fu- can you say that again? I'm sorry for a third time. Five point seven per one hundred thousand. Okay. Yeah. That is what per- what what percentage is that? Um, that point something zero 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 zero. So it's five point seven. It's point zero zero five seven percent. Zero zero five seven. Yeah. And so, uh, and then, every see how, uh, uh, but it's not oh, a whole fuck, number. Have it's I got to count this? Five point seven. All right, take a note of this time because I'm gonna go one, two, three. Forty-five, forty-six, forty-seven, forty-eight. You're 49. just counting. No, I'm not. Fifty. <laughs> Fifty-one. Fifty-four. How many have there been? Ninety-six. Of what? Contestants on Love Island. Ninety-eight. 90, Singularly. Why not? You just go through the seasons. There'd be the same number of contestants. Times it by the season. Untrue. They just chuck people in whenever they like. 111, mm. 112, I'm counting down a literal list of these people because they won't. They haven't just done it. Where was I up to? For 185. So there's been 185 contestants on the UK Love Island. 185 contestants on the UK Love Island. Yes, of whom two have committed suicide. This is not, I'm not going to count Carolyn Flack. No. Right? It's 1.1%. So that's more. It's quite a bit more than the background. Um, uh, background rate of suicide doesn't surprise me at all, but okay. I, I, but I, I don't think double like, the rate that we have the 10.4 than, than the, the Australian general population does, yeah. So, so there's 0.03, you, 0.0312 versus oh, 1.08. So, 1.08 divided by. Zero zero three one two equals so Love Island contestants commit suicide at a rate thirty four times the general population in the UK, but the numbers are so low that that's that's a ridiculous claim to make because we've got two events. You can't you can't determine a statistical trend off two events for an extremely rare occurrence. No, uh, but but whatever. I was about to, I mean, I started this by saying when it's not like we're making that claim, but let's go ahead and make that claim anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Um, All right. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me. Like I I think, I think people with um, sort of 
a, a thirst for fame um, and, and like to be loved, it's sort of an unhomed narcissism mm. that leads to being on Love Island, though that doesn't surprise me. Mm. It, you know, if I wanted to discuss surprise, it would be those other non-fame-reaching industries that have such high rates. Like dentists. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, that has always surprised me. I mean, the joke always amongst medical students is, yeah, of course, <laughs> they have a higher suicide rate. Who would want to be mm. a dentist? And Yeah, mouths are gross. Well, I mean, being a dentist is gross. Mouths are not that gross. We, as human beings, have had a, quite a career of sticking our tongues in them. Oh, yeah, no, to touch one's mouth with another person's mouth. But I, I think you're right to, to the desire to be a dentist. I've I've always thought like there's something a bit fucked about it because no one's going into that job thinking I love mm. fixing people's teeth. That is what I want to do with my life. Oh, it just so happens that it's like one of the highest professional rates of earning you can have. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think to me there is something a little like it's like so pragmatically geared towards a high earning capacity. What is dentistry? Yes. 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 Uh, um, and that and they're surprised that they actually have to do some work and that that work involves um, touching the mucous membranes of another human being. No, I don't even think it's the grossness of the mouth that might lead them to, to be more likely to commit suicide. I think it has something to do with the, the, the predisposing factor of, of not having... Uh, I don't think it's the grossness of... I don't think it's the grossness of mouths that lead to them topping themselves mm. it has something to do with the predisposing factor of um not having something that trumps their desire to earn um, yeah yeah so alienation yes yes yeah and uh, yeah there's something connected there right, we're gonna have not to get a dentist on the pod aren't we yeah and all this just reminds me of what freud said about uh kissing there's two what? Freud phrases, two Freud uh, like, uh, sorry, I was off mic just then. There's two Freud references to kissing that I, re- that I always remember. I know I'll get one of them right and the other one I always get wrong but in a good mm. enough way. He, he referred to kissing as the sexual use of the mucous membranes of the lips and mouth. Yes, yes. <laughs> I like that one. And even better is the other one which is that um, – the man, uh, I think this is open quotes, the man to show, oh no, sorry, the couple to show their desire will oppose the terminal ends of their gastrointestinal system. Yeah. <laughs> oppose. Well, so he, he, he doesn't make a claim to meaning there. He just describes what's happening. He's just trying to be very sort of um, ethographic about Clinic. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, he's not, he's not, really making a claim as to why we no. connect our gastrointestinal tracts. No, no. I mean, he's just trying to alienate us from the se- from the sex act, I think. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because, he's I mean. He's trying to scientify it. Well, yeah, because part of his whole point was not that everything is fucking, but rather the other way around, that um, even the sex act is not necessarily fucking in the same way that everything is sexual. Right, people what do mis- you mean? people misread his 
psychosexual reductionism to think that, oh, you're saying um, everything's about sex. Mm. And he is, but he's not saying everything is about the sex act. He's not saying that penis in vagina is like the 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 key to meaning for every single mm. human endeavor. He's saying the opposite. Mm. He's saying that mm. uh, the the act of heteronormative sex has to be play, put in its place along with everything else, and mm. everything else needs to be restored in its relation to human sexuality. Mm. And it's quite a beautiful observation because the mouth is really the only part of the body that is that connects external and internal that can be connected. The sex act is sort of um, attempting to intermingle our internal organs <laughs> in in a way. It's quite beautiful, really. The, the sex act. Is beautiful. To a, a sex act, like yeah. to, to connect our mouths because I it is disgusting. really abstract. <laughs> and unchristian. <laughs> I mean, I think topographically it's interesting that. Um, but Jesus kissed everyone. Yeah, but I mean, Jesus was a cult leader. He was probably sexing people into the cult. I have no doubt. Yeah. I had this conversation just the other day with a friend. Jesus was all about free love. Oh, for sure. I think he would have we were talking about how whether or not Jesus would have made a good housemate. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesus is that guy who's like on the border between psychotic and charismatic. I know. You wouldn't want to be his housemate. Like I think he would be about all about free love, but then at the same time he would like He's often not just the touch your yeah, he's not washing the dishes. He's just sort of like traipsing around the garden in his white gown. Yes. Often touching your forehead and saying like, come now. Yeah. No, I and think. And be like, Jesus- shut up, Jesus. Stop telling me to come now. Just wash the fucking dishes. <laughs> it's true. And I don't come when I'm washing dishes. <laughs> but, yeah, like I think before, you know, before he really got famous, I think his high school friends probably thought he was a bit nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was probably just an annoying philosophy bro. Yeah. Nah, more esoteric, esoteric bro. An esoteric bro, a Jungian even. He was the fucking Jungian. He was. <laughs> he, was the, he was the Jungian in our psych class. Yeah. Oh, God, what were we talking about before Jesus? <laughs> I know we, we were on the way to talking about actual Love Island. We were about we were talking about connecting our mucous membranes, but um, oh, that's right. Yeah, the top the, the topology of it is interesting because there's maybe something more agendered about kissing, right? Yeah, it's like two Tauruses bumping up against each other, as opposed to uh, you is know, this an astrology reference? Cylinder in the donut? No, not Taurus the bull. Taurus the the shape. The donut shape in oh right, it's like here we are on topology. Astrology again. A, you know, it's that it's that thing where if, like mathematic in mathematically in topology, a human and a donut and a coffee mug are all equal because there's all, an inner hole. Yeah, there's a, there's just a one inner hole. Mm. But there isn't a one inner hole for humans. Um. Well, if you just take the gastrointestinal tract, because the vagina is blind ending. Yeah. So that doesn't count. 
Same way the inside of a mug doesn't count either, only the handle of the mug counts. Yeah, it's the handle of a mug. Yeah. So the uh, vagina doesn't count. Um, schnoz. The mug itself is the The schnoz vagina. doesn't count. That's in communication with the big one. Yeah, it goes uh, straight into the gastrointestinal, yeah. The ear holes are blind ending, so they yep. also don't count. It would only be piercings that fuck with the program. The piercings are a mug a mug handle. Yeah, but then you're going to have two holes, so now you're not equal to a Taurus. Yeah. Yeah. Now, to the episode. <laughs> I think that um, not much happened at the beginning and then there was a lot of Katie and Scott stuff. and I felt like a lot happened. Okay, go on then. I don't know. I just think these, like, did you, uh, uh, that beautiful piece that you linked all of us to on our Instagram, um, the white pube. Mm-hmm themselves it wasn't a quote from from that they were quoting someone so else I'll describing put a link to that white pube article in the show notes as well because it's a good yeah. article yeah it's great and um i think that we i shared we share a lot of sentiment with that article about um there's a sort of a, a loving kindness to love island that it isn't all cynical and there's something beautiful about being able to watch human beings Sure, as like observed lab lab rats, there's something weird about that. But um, they quoted someone else as saying that Love Island is just white people whispering. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's, I think this is maybe what makes some people hate the show, but it's what I love about the show is that we see all it's all there in in the heartbreak and the and like i said the desperation and the uncertainty and the insecurity and presenting oneself attempting with all your might to present yourself in one way to yourself and to other people and then having that undermined mm. in the relation um and like you said like we can't help but be reminded of freud's paper on negation and uh, the concept of negation in every sentence that these people utter about themselves and how they're going to handle themselves in romantic trysts yeah. and then how all of that unravels. But there was so much of that in this episode. It's very um, generous how much they negate, actually. People on the on the show just saying, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not the kind of girl. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what was Katie's one? Oh, Katie, Katie had a really interesting one. The setup was that um, mm. two boys, Scott and Daniel, were sent out of the house for a beer and then, of course, everyone assumed that when they got to this beer there was going to be two new girls there and it was actually a secret date for those boys, yeah. which is precisely how it turned out. So they're newly, set, they're newly hooked up and coupled with two pre-existing women in the house. Yes. Um, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're, you know, it's, it's only day six. They're freshly coupled up and already insecurities and like feelings of possessiveness. Everything is just rife. Yeah, exactly. They're just sort of, yeah, they're and making their commitments to each other but tentatively but but passionately at the same time. And then these two men who were in, who were in the most tentative couplings well, get pulled out of the house. I don't know about that. Dan is definitely in a tentative coupling because he and Zara are a coupling of, of convenience essentially. They yeah. don't. <laughs> they, they had no attraction to each other. They were just the leftovers. Um, mm-hmm. But Katie and Scott definitely have like 
you know, a, a love reaction going on or, or whatever, a, a definite attachment. Um, oh, yeah. Well, they've, Scott, I mean, I think it's a very insecure attachment. And I want to talk about that. Let's talk about that now because. Well, can I just finish the point about negation then so that we yes, can then go yes. into your point? Oh, yes. So to circle back to that, um, Katie, um, in this relationship where up until that point she thought she held the power, that she, she she was in she was wearing the big boy pants and uh, yes. Scott was sort of running to catch up to her but then he was sent out on this date and she said in real life which is interesting in itself in mm. real life I don't give a fuck about anything this she said yeah. while she was freaking the fuck out freaking the fuck out that Scott was potentially meeting another one other woman from the world Outside the villa, yeah, yeah, another woman from the real world. Yeah, I mean, I and she she couldn't she couldn't she couldn't curb her emotions at all. Mm. No, she couldn't. She was she was really she really overflowed in that. She'd been playing it so cool up until that point, but Scott had been saying to her, you know, I just he'd been saying it right to her face. I don't really trust you. It seems like, um, you know. It, Things aren't secure with you. I don't trust your emotions. And then she but, shows like huge volatility. Yeah, but that's because she was playing it cool because she knows she's playing with like um, someone that can't be trusted. I mean, you're painting Scott now. Let's like remind ourselves. I'm not ourselves. painting Scott like, anyway. Scott's a dog for sure. Yeah, he's, he's like he's riddled with insecurity that makes him incapable of connecting. Yeah. Uh, with a woman in any real way, he's all defense and he's full of negging. Yes, um, absolutely. I, I think it's so interesting. I mean, they were having a conversation about, and yeah, and just on your point, when Katie kept repeating to herself and other people when Scott was away on this days, when he comes back, I'm just gonna, I'm going to play it cool and calm. I'm going to play it cool mm. and calm. I'm going to play it. like she was so desperate to be able to present herself in this way yeah. that would negate all of her real emotions. Yeah. And actually when he came back and he'd been on a date with another woman who he actually wasn't interested in but he made it look like he was. He didn't make eye contact with her. He was he was like on his negging trajectory. Oh, he was really running running that Oh, out. it was, and it was so, yeah. and and you could just see him failing himself. Both of them just <laughs> failing themselves there. Yeah. Um. And and it's, and after just repeating this cool and calm idea that she was going to be, he came back into the house, and she really lost her shit. I mean, this is what made the episode so dramatic. This is what we were referring to before. I mean, there was like a full on, there were full on blow ups yeah. because of this. Yeah. This meeting of these new women. Um, Was that what you were going to talk about before or have we already gone? No, no. So like prior to these other women coming onto the show, prior to this date being announced when Katie and Scott are still sort of fucking about and you said it well, Sam, they're the the least likeable characters on the show Mm. um, and they're both attracted to each other. So, okay, it's working in some way. Um, But I think Scott... Scott, Scott is there. There is very little um, real emotion in Scott that he can show. There was like that one moment. Yeah, he says it. He he has said it a couple of times when he's like, "I never show. I, I would never show my feelings to someone else 
in the real world. Yeah. You know, and he it's was like sort of shocked. The only thing that he says that makes him vulnerable is a description of his defense mechanism, essentially. But yes. He said to her, Yes. I know what I feel inside, but I don't want to tell you because I'm scared you'll use it against me. And he, I mean, his body yeah. language and everything at that moment was very affectionate. And it was very yeah. clear from the bearing of the two of them that he was in love and that he was scared that she would, I don't know, not be, tr- not be true to not be true his to feelings. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, let's yeah. remind ourselves as well that they've only known each other like two days. But um, I still think that in that moment, that was the least jerky he'd been in my experience. Yep. And I was wondering if that had happened at that moment because the producers had schooled him or if just maybe Love Island just breaks people down in a way that sometimes um, isn't bad in every instance. I agree. I don't think it is bad in every instance. Yeah. I think it, there's there's something questionable about the fact that these people are going through potentially group therapy on international television, mm-hmm. but there's, yeah. there is something of the group therapy feel to it. Um, when, right. when these people ex- come, when they encounter their emotions in a way that they've never before. Yeah. And, and reflect on them in a way that they've never reflected on them. Yes. Um, and- well, whether there's a, whether there is reflection, I'm not sure, but they encounter them. And what do you think that has to, because they're, it never escapes the contestants that they're being watched by Britain. The Do you think it never does? I think it does all the time. Do I think that awareness slips all the time. That's really? where the good television comes in. But not from their unconscious. I Absolutely think there's, not. There's no. a greater presence of the big other like as a as a locatable yeah, when- as a locatable yeah. something. I don't even know yeah. what to call it. But there's something yeah. more tangible about the whole community, the place where yes. the law resides. Um, yes. There's, yes. there's, you know, there's 10 million judges and witnesses watching every single night. Yes. Um, and I guess but that... But don't we all imagine that there is anyway? Yeah. Yeah, we definitely do. When we're do. conducting ourselves in our lives away from cameras? Well, I don't want to get too much into it, but, I mean, the fact of the superego means that we've really already got, an, a, like, even if you could say that it's only... An audience. A, it's only one... If, that, if, that, if the superego is only one agency, it's already plenty <laughs> for making you feel exactly. <laughs> and this reminds me of what Marlon said in the previous episode where, where she was going to shaft um, Rikard because mm. she knew that she had feelings for this new guy, Terry. Mm. And she said to Harvey, she's talking it through. She doesn't know what to do. She's got feelings for Terry. And we may have discussed this in a previous episode. I'm not sure. But um, she said, I don't want to look like a bitch. Yes. For, for shafting Rikard, as opposed to I don't want to be a bitch. Yes. And and like that that's that dynamic there, which I thought was really telling. Especially and because saying that already negates the possibility of not looking like a bitch. Like, yeah, it it in fact doubles the problem, doesn't it? Because now she just seems like she's only concerned with the optics. Well, but I think the intention is to halve the problem, and I think I think one thinks they are halving the problem by putting it into words. I don't want to look like a bitch, she says. Yeah, to and they think, yeah, like. Well, she, you know, and she should says, have said, I don't want. Sweetie, 
you look like a million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> because because if you've not said those words to your superego slash Britain, mm. then there is a concern that people might not think that you're aware of the fact that you're being a bitch. Yeah. And that you have some reservations about it. It's putting it into words, saying it out loud. I think people think that they're absolving themselves to some degree. Yeah, yeah. That's how why shitty she said that. how shitty can the behavior be provided there's self-awareness? Because we exactly. def- we you and I definitely in our like in the affection that we distribute amongst the contestants, we definitely give more of it to the ones who are self-aware who re- re- yes. reflect, reflect on their behavior. Yes. Not that their behaviour is any likeable. better than anybody else's. Absolutely. But if someone can say, oh, I know I fly off the handle or I know I, I self-sabotage like um, Olivia did a few episodes previously. She was yeah. like, I know I know what I'm doing here. I self-sabotage. I'm pushing him away. But do we like them better only because and... their self-reflection holds promise of them fixing it or is the self-reflection yeah. actually enough for us? We don't even need yeah. them to fix themselves as long as, they're, uh, as long as they're tipping their hats to us and saying, hey, I know I'm a piece of shit or hey, I know, I know I'm I know. afraid right now. I don't, I don't actually, I, I certainly don't know the answer to that. I'm just I know. very interested in the answer to that. Well, you know, obviously from a clinical perspective, we make no value judgment um, there is no like or dislike, but when we speak from our personal perspectives, um, our own sort of human interactions, it's a different matter outside of the clinic. So that's a complicated question. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I agree with, as a, as a clinician then, I agree with Jemison Webster on this, which is that it's much more interesting and probably closer to some emancipatory event for a patient to actually be like... Um, causing trouble in their lives not be, not for the sake of causing trouble but for the sake of trying to fix things or trying to do things or trying to make changes and inevitably yeah. some trouble might arise but that's better than the sort of halting stuttering paralysis that comes from not trying anything so um, do you mean to act out is i don't there's, mean, su- I, there's an opening there i mean that Acting, properly speaking, is sometimes or oftentimes also accompanied by some acting out. And and you only see at the end which was acting and which was acting out. Say that. Right. Um, but where does the self-reflection or self-awareness come into that? Well, the, the self-reflection paradoxically comes in to cause a paralysis often enough. And so people are ah. satisfied with reflecting on themselves and don't actually make the changes. Okay. Precisely because the, the people that would listen to them, like you and I, are also somewhat satisfied with just hearing their reflections. No. I don't think you think that. Not as a clinician, not, but as a watcher of Love Island. Ah. Uh, oh, no. I'm, I'm satisfied to uh, – no, that's not true. I don't, I don't think that's the end point. Right. Um. Because I have compassion, like I, I, I would ideally like to see people, if like break out of these repeated patterns of so, self sabotage. So an your example, compassion whatever. is engaged by their self reflection because you think the self reflection holds an emancipatory value that they could free no, themselves with their self reflection. Maybe, but I also feel compassion for people who don't show self reflection. But it's a lot more challenging, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. 
there is also compassion there and a desire I'm for them to, to. I'm trying to think through the contestants on this season and who lacks any self-reflection. I guess it would be Daniel. Although, but he's halting, isn't he? We yeah. see, yeah, we see so much in inaction in him. Um, Katie, in I mean, her roboticized way. Katie produces speech that has the quality of self-reflection, like an aesthetic of self-reflection, without actually being reflective. Yes, I agree. I think that's quite common on the show. Yeah. And then you've got like the whole, okay, so let's cut to one of these new women who were introduced this this episode, Their Malia. Names, yeah, Malia and Rachel. And Rachel. Rachel. And Malia, like I'm so fascinated by this. So th- this is not uncommon. Someone has their little soundbite of introducing themselves where they're coming onto the show. You've got a shot of them in a bikini. You've got a shot of them walking and like, a bodycon dress, they're flicking their hair, you've got a little like a intro dress? to who they are, a bodycon, you know, a skin-tight dress. You never heard bodycon. No, what's the con for? Um, oh, I always imagined, contour? yeah, body contour, um, yeah, maybe. I always imagined it was constricting. <laughs> but that's just like Concealing? me. Well, so Conniving? I think. Conniving? I think who who invented the bodycon dress? It was like some designer in the eighties or nineties. It's like the skin tight mini. Yeah, no, I'm familiar um, with the dress from King Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Malia comes on the show, and her little sound bites were like, um, "To be honest, I'm not threatened by these other these other women." Um. Oh, yeah, she said the Malia effect. I have the Malia effect on men because when they're with me, suddenly they know that they can't do any better or there's no, there's nothing better. Yes. And then she said, I'm not threatened by other women on this show uh, because Negation. to me and she, yeah, right. And then <laughs> she was like, she was like, to me, I'm up here, you know, indicating top of the rung and these other women are down here. And like, we see this time and time again that they they bring on these villain type characters who I I just wonder what it is that is motivating this projection, um, this this sort of hyper narcissist self advertising, this position that these people take. Um, yeah, what is that? Like, what is that? Well, they like, just haven't. Worked, I, they just haven't develop the technology for self-deprecation. They don't realise that that's going to get them further. Yes. I feel like it's not even hard, you know what I mean? I mean, she could be as self-deprecating as she is like overtly um, arrogant now Mm. and behave the same way and that would be enough. Like there's plenty of people, there's plenty of people we know who get by on being relatively shitty but just being constantly self-deprecating. Yes, and that goes back to this idea that that's going to absolve you. Yeah, I guess it doesn't absolve anybody for very long, but it works. It works in casual like in, in casual contact. But time and time again on these television shows um and I think this is this is like part of the value of watching a show like Love Island to give us like a peephole into something that most people don't see. I mean, we. Ha- I mean, this is the beauty of a show like Love, Love Island. Like, 
we get to see our interactions in our social circles, but beyond that, it's all speculation. We we have to imagine what other people's lives are, mm. and Love Island bears it for us. Yes. And time and time again, we see these hyper arrogant characters come onto the show, and they get cut. The show, the 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 show cuts them down. Mm-hmm. Um, they they leave in tears or they <laughs> leave in rage. Yeah, it does. It does reward the humble. The show, yes, for sure. And you know, I think life does. Uh, I'm not. A, I'm not so. It depends what you classify as a reward. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean distress. Distress is that a reward? I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I think absent the love of your fellow man, it's not a reward. But. I mean, but some some people would consider that a reward, and that wouldn't. No, be for yeah, humi- you're right. Donald Trump isn't humility. distressed. Yeah. No, I mean, I think yeah, I don't, I don't think he like ha- loves life, but I mean, that's what that's mm. wilder speculation right now than we're doing with love. That's Island. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm not sure, but we see we see them. We see. The, the the shell of arrogance and narcissism break and we see that insecurity underneath and I, I just think it's it's an interesting thing to view. Yeah. I, I won't make any claims about it but it's... So this, um, I, I, I mean, tell me if this is wrong but what I'm reading in your, in your point now is that um, is in support of Love Island as Love Island as a pressure cooker for what already exists. No, maybe no more than life. But just more visible. The, the more visible. Yeah, okay. I mean, I think that the producer, yeah, because that's right, we keep we keep thinking about, oh, like did Scott come back after a chat with the producers or whatever, but the producers are only... The producers are only human as well. Their capa- their capacities and proclivities exactly. are the same as those of us watching and those who are being uh, who are contestants. And yeah, uh, they're probably and their friends at home. The conversations that they'd be having with their friends and family exactly. And they've got their own yeah. unconscious desires as well. And they'll exactly and they'll be unconsciously wishing to reward and punish certain people. And that that will yeah. happen in a chaotic enough way that it'll just be like normal life. Yes. Yeah. Yes, except that there is the isolation. That's that's the unique factor. That's well, a it's unique. Not, it's not unique in in factor. I mean, in it in the in the post eucalyptus that we're living in now. Um, <laughs> where we're all relying on conference video. Isolation <laughs> is the norm. COVID, you mean? I mean, isn't it funny we started this thing called Love Mainland? where we try to um, make the point that there's no difference between the mainland that we all supposedly live yeah. on and the island that all these lovers island. supposedly live on. <laughs> island. Have we, have we made that pun? As in the pronoun I? Yes. No, I don't think we have. <laughs> but wow. anyway. Sammy. We, oh, mind blown. Mind blown. <laughs> Good. Love me, island. Love me, island. <laughs> fuck island. I really wish we'd gone with fuck island now. 
I know you are. Anyway, but we, like we, we call it Love Mainland because we're trying to make this point that the island is a fantasy and there's no difference between their supposed isolation and our supposed togetherness, which mm. is really like um, an atomization and isolation caused by whatever. Um, I don't want to get into it too specifically, so I'll just conjure the bogeyman of neoliberalism. And <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> And um, now we are all not only covertly isolated from one another, but actually can't touch our friends. Yeah. I haven't hugged you in a month. I know. I know. I know. Mm. But uh, there is something I don't know. I was talking to someone today about how I think um, this experience, and I dare say it should be illegal that I use the word I'm about to use, but it is an unprecedented experience um, that will that is changing um, the the structure of of our interactions um, internally and externally. I think there might be something good coming of the coming from this, um, mm. and that things will be different when they go back to normal, oxymoron intended. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I what think, are you thinking? I'm not sure. I already see a shift in in the nature of my relating mm-hmm. that is that that can be seen as a silver lining. I know people are throwing around that term. Um, like a, a clear example is that um, millennials are making phone calls comfortably for the first time in their lives. <laughs> um, uh, I think that things are being reshuffled in a way that are, is potentially like positive and meaningful. Well, to go back to what we were talking about um, just before, people have had a lot of time for self-reflection. I mean, I've had some calls from friends yes. and some text messages from friends that expose uh an amount of alone time and self-reflection that I don't think they've ever had. Absolutely not. Yeah. Exactly. People referencing things down. that happened many years ago and saying sorry and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To yeah. to sit and think. It's definitely I mean, happened to me. A lot more thinking time than I've had before. I think as people who have imagined uh, an emancipation from neoliberalism or or whatever we want to describe it, and it's always sort of been utopian um, and uh, something that we've imagined as almost an untouchable impossibility, and now our lifestyles have radically changed, materially changed, we sort of have it now to taste and to see, like, I don't know, I think there's this reduction in the potential to fulfil ambition, um, all sorts of things that are placing people, it's positioning people differently to themselves and to other people. And I like that you're optimistic that it won't just come straight back as soon as they let us out. It may do. Mm. But, like, think about that moment where this like this sort of specter of, of of physical danger is lifted and that that moment of 
um, being reunited with friends and family, I think there might be, even if it's um, temporary, this, in, this incredible sort of sensual and joyful connecting of bodies and of human beings in a way that we've never experienced before. Mm, mm. I sort of feel positive about that. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll at least have like that one ecstatic moment when we're released. Yeah. I remember a friend um, told me, uh, it's corny, but told me about their experience at uh, Vipassana or Vipassana, you know uh-huh. that. Um, I, I also th- alternate pronunciation. Yeah, I'm not sure which one it is. But I've never Neither. done it, but I know many have and there's varying opinions. It's that uh, 10 totally. days when you spend um, exploiting or being exploited by a Buddhist monastery somewhere near... <laughs> Your own <laughs> metropolitan area, where um, Heelsville, if you will. Yeah, where um, they barely feed you. You pay them, and you're not allowed to talk for ten days, and you're not allowed to touch <laughs> anybody, um, and you just sit there studying your the contents of your mind and body, and um, and you sit uncomfortably. That's another important factor. Sure, you sit yeah. in physical discomfort. Um, and this friend, she said to me, and uh, sometime on the sixth day. A fly landed on my eyelid and I felt every single one of its legs, one, two, three, four, five, six, and it was mm. such a gift. <laughs> and wow. I know I know that it's um that could be received mm. as a pretty corny thing in a certain wow. respect, but the way she said it and also just the way you might think about it, it's it'll be such a gift when we can all touch each other again. To rediscover a caress. Through mm. the legs of a fly. Mm. Hmm. Mm. I mean, I just killed a fly, yeah. but, um. <laughs> but but um, I'm I but I'm definitely awaiting some similar gift like that, where something that I've yes. been deprived of and I don't yes. even realize I've been deprived of it returns to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a deprivation of experience, like external experience. It's a deprivation of, like I dare say it, of a mindful of of an, a mindfulness of it. Mm. Well, now that you it's, say that, I think that maybe this has returned something to us as well in terms of mindfulness. But that's also a corny point. What has being in our own homes, not being allowed to leave, or not? That's being, ex- that's what I'm saying. Oh, that is what you're Absol- saying. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about this as being something that might have been returned to us, but Oh, I do. I think about it. Mm. So we're just yeah, going back I'm, to like the time before we had cars. I'm not I, I don't even want to hearken back to a time that is idealized. Right. All I know is that I've never experienced this in my lifetime. Mm. Never been grounded. Oh, that's a good point. No, I think my parents were too indifferent for that. Um mm. Same. I was never grounded. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and I obviously I speak from a position of of privilege, uh, of material privilege to be able to see the positives in this situation. Um, but I I do I can and and do speak from that my own position. But yes, there is a deprivation. Mm-hmm. We 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 are deprived of so much under capitalism, but. Um, we're not deprived of the things we are being deprived of now. And I think it's there is maybe something important in being deprived of what we are being deprived of now. Mm-hmm. 
man, I am going to caress your face in such a freaky way. I'm going to caress <laughs> people's faces in such a freaky way. I'm going to place my fingers on your eyelid, one, two, three, four, five, as if it's a, a fly landing on you. I'm going to feel each of your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, speaking of deprivation, I feel like we're depriving the listeners of a, a take on the juicy goings-on right at the end of the episode because it was a very good episode of Love Island and I, re- I, d- I really want to talk about it a little bit. Can please, we talk- please do. So we've already set it up. Scott and Dan got sent out. It was clear to everybody in the house that they were going to be meeting new girls. They did. They met two new girls. One was Rachel, mm. nurse, hot, who was hot. humble and who liked Dan and brought the best out in Dan and their date went in quite a smooth way. He seemed to acquit himself well. She was uh, bubbly and pleasant, but I wouldn't say that we learned very much about her at all except that she's a nurse. And then um, the other on the the other date was this girl. Oh, Mar- and that she likes Daniel and she knows how to flirt. Yeah, oh, she knows how to flirt. And then mm-hmm. there's Malia, uh, who's the arrogant one that you've already talked about, um, mm. who liked Scott and wasn't afraid to tell him. And she also said, "Listen, Katie's young and she's playing with you." And she really sowed the doubts. She really amped up his worry. Um, then they went oh, back. She said, she said, she said, I'm up here and all the other women are down here. I don't think you should trust Katie. I think her intention, I think she's just out to, to, to like serve herself and women, women are malicious. And I was like, what is this? The like, anyway. Yeah. It's just the truth. Alana. Yeah. True. <laughs> um, and then, then they went back into the house and, um, Zara, Dan, Daniel's partner, and Katie, Scott's partner, were, all, were already freaking out on the on the bench next to the fire pit where they do the coupling up ceremony. And then Scott apparently didn't make good eye contact with Katie upon entering the house and that set Katie mm-hmm. off and they went off and had a fight and then they had a cuddle. Uh, and then Katie returned to a group of girls who was sort of... They didn't m- have a cuddle. Yes, they did. They had a little smooch. He- he was grabbing her and like quietening her. It was really weird. Oh, you don't? Anyway. It it didn't look too grabby to me. She was sort of oh. falling into his arms a bit. Oh, okay. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure, I think yours is one fair description of what was going on, but I didn't, she wasn't like, she was in a, she was in a place that was well known to her. And, yeah. and satisfied yeah. her in some way, it seems. Kind of, yeah. Definitely kind of. <laughs> I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm not going to disagree with you, kind of. Um, but yeah. anyway, then something was resolved between them and Katie returned to the girls at the fire pit where it was mm. just women and they were um, sort of meeting Malia and Rachel. Mm. And uh, oh, Katie shit. sat next to Malia and um, like spilled a drink some of which landed on Malia's foot. No, oh, she spilled a drink on her foot. Yes, but, do, I mean, I, I definitely you- think that, you know, the unconscious works in this way, but it doesn't, it's not a different type of intention. It's not like she meant to spill a drink on her foot. Defin- her unconscious did. Yeah. Yes, but the bungled action is not exactly, the bungled action or parapraxis, which is one of the 
formations of the unconscious, i.e. something that the unconscious does, which is makes us make mistakes. It's the self-sabotage, accidentally tripping on the way to mm-hmm. an event you don't want to go to, that sort of thing. Um, it's, the, it's the Freudian slip for listeners. But the bungled action, like spilling the drink on uh, Malia, we've got to be a bit charitable there. Definitely we can interpret that as an, in, as an intended outcome, but it's not as if she went over there and she's like, uh, and her unconscious lives somewhere else in her body and is like, I'm going to spill a drink on Malia. Rather yeah. it's that uh, she ends up next to Malia and um, that's already awkward enough and then she also happens to be holding a drink and it's sort of like, oh, the table is laid for some shit to go wrong here. Yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, in Malia called it afterwards in the like speaking to camera part. She was like, why did she even come and sit right next to me? That exactly. was weird. She can see the setup. Exactly. So that's right. So like I I agree that um, Katie's unconscious had like a a big part in that yes. as it would in every in every instance of human behaviour. She but, poured a drink down her leg. Yeah, but she poured a drink down her main rival's leg and then uh, but then Amalia took it up to 111. Like stood up, kicked the glass. She essentially like flipped the table, walked away from the group and stood at a distance pointing at Katie, yelling accusations. Yep. Then yelling. Katie, instead of doing the mean girl thing and staying in her seat and laughing off this yeah. escalation also jumped up and escalated to re- to meet her and then it Played was right into two it. women yelling now um and then like in each other's faces about right up to they had to be separated like by it, security yeah it really flared yeah um and so then um i just before we started but i didn't have a chance to read it i googled Katie and apparently they punched each other, <gasps> and it could only be released after the end of the uh, after the end of the season. And they punched Wait, each you other. You found that online in in, in that blow up. They punched in the each Mirror other. UK. Um, <gasps> it there was a fight between them. Katie got punched. She left the show. So as in, she said she wanted to leave the show. And so what we saw at the end of that episode where Malia had been sent away from the show was obviously in order, it was part of like placating Katie and keep keeping her on the show. Wait, so Malia leaves the show after this episode? After Malia had already left the show because Malia said in that, um, I wish I'd been able to stay longer, but. I Yeah, you I, I thought I heard that and you commented and then they didn't. They didn't sort of talk about it after. And no, it was left a bit vague and I guess maybe yeah. at the time that they produced that episode it was vague. <gasps> but I think that even then we already had the idea that Malia gets kicked off. So I don't think there's and any in more the, Malia. And in their like post, post face-to-camera interviews, both of them showed so much regret and remorse for their own behaviour, which I think I was like, oh, that's good. At least they're not like continuing. Yeah, there, we, there we go, loving them like, for their self-reflection. I know, but no, I was like, no, I was like, oh, that's good for your reputation. At least you can suck it up yeah. for this mini interview and say, I wish I hadn't behaved like that. Things got out of hand, which they both did. They yeah. both tried to save face there. Like, yeah, but, and like, I mean, Katie even said, oh, uh, she's probably a sound girl. Yes, and I wish I wish I hadn't behaved like that. But I mean, this is like 
because Katie, this is where we we say one thing about ourselves and then our behavior negates it. And then we try and negate that behavior with our words again, because, you know, Katie was like, I'm just going to play it cool and calm. Then there is literally a punch up Mm -hmm. and then she shows remorse for that. I, the, the show reveals to these people, their own contradictions in in it, it forces them to realize their own contradictions in a way that real life maybe doesn't. Yeah. Mm. It's so magnified, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, yeah. But, um, cause I think that we said that already once and then we said, well, but the judgment of all of Britain is probably no worse than like how ferocious the judgment of one superego can be. Just your conscious is enough. Conscience, yeah. conscience yeah. is enough. So does Britain add to that? And I think that, but there is something added. There's something extra to the hyper witnessing that's going on that we might have to explore another time. But yeah, there's definitely there is an extra. There's an excess of witnessing that's going on that's causing yeah. people to reflect even more than usual and breaking them down, and. Mm, and humbling them. Which I don't think is a bad thing. And because I, 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 I think but it's that's through, also it's, part it's of what psychoanalysis does. Psychoanalysis, yeah, psycho- I don't want pe- I, I'm not, yeah, I don't want people to think that psychoanalysis does it in the same way though. No, but it does, it does invite and encourage an expression of raw emotion in session yeah. in order for it to be looked at. Yeah, and I guess um, I was about to make the claim that, yes, but psychoanalysis is entirely voluntary in every in every moment. But I guess, I mean, Love Island is as well. They've not stopped people walking off if they've wanted to walk off. So, no. So I guess people can just walk off and the only thing that keeps them there, prisoners in a way, is people's opinions of them. Which mm. And that could be operative in analysis as well, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I think that there's still something more there about all of Britain watching. Because in that in that face to camera interview, Katie was also like, um, you know, this is I'm pissed off at Scott. This has got nothing to do with Rachel, the new girl. It's not, you know, I'm not angry at her. This is about Scott. Yeah. And she said, that's, that's why I went over and sat right next to her. Uh, you know, I wanted to make it okay. <laughs> yeah, utter bullshit. Um, yeah. Yeah. But not that she was aware of. No. No. Um, and all, all of this comes down to this for for Katie who thought she had one up over Scott and that she held the power in their frisson or whatever, like she surprised herself mm. at the degree to which she wanted Scott to want her. And this is something we keep talking about when people express a desire for a particular person in the villa after th- two, three, four days. Mm. Um, Max, they are, and you, you're like, (laughs) 
what is it that they like? What do they like about that person? What what are they attached to? And it's it's not really it's not really that, is it? It's it's their expression of their desire to be wanted by the other person. Yes, and which is absolutely not a unique to Love Island, right? That's there's something exactly about, there's something about love and desire in that about wanting to be wanted and the self reflexivity of desire. Oh, that's why mm. I love this show. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, Katie and Scott are such a great example couple as well because they've already got a very strong attachment and it's so hostile. Yeah, it's hostile. <laughs> it's hostile, but it is strong. They're very, they, they are bonded to one another. Well, I mean, Katie put it well in this episode that we both commented on when he was like, he was like, you like me, you know, this hostile flirtatious negging. You 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 like me, and she was like, "Oh, do you think so?" And he's like, "Yeah, you said it. You said it the other day that you fancy me." And she said, "You know what? I fancy you more than I like you." Yeah, I fancy that, you that more had than the ring I of like truth, you, didn't it? Oh, it's so amazing! It's like yes, you have hooked my desire in some way. I am, I am hooked into desiring your desire, mm. uh, but I don't much like you as a human being. But how about I don't this? much like the tactics. Yes, that's right. How about this? Because I fancy you more than I like you. I think already has the has the ring maybe of the unconscious hiding itself. I think, I yes. mean, even though it sounds maybe um, yes. less elegant, it's more like uh, I fancy you because I dislike you or no, sorry, I dislike you because I'm forced to fancy you. Mm. There's something mm. in you that is, dare I say it, there is something in you that's more than you that I fancy and when I mm. place your actual, like what I what I actually receive of you as a person beside what it is that I find to be more than you within you that I, that I fancy it's, it's left wanting. Um, Mm. so I therefore hate you for carrying this thing in you that I love. Mm. Yeah. Hence the frisson. See, see, uh, seminar eight on transference. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do a full reading of Lacan's Seminar Eight. We are. In a, this this is this episode. podcast is gradually going to yes, transition into I think a Lacan that's reading right. group. I think that you're right. There's something um, in in Katie's succumbing to the the you know in their words the the cocky man. Yeah. Um, that is that carries both an awareness that she's being played that mm-hmm. that, that she's being played by that. And also, um, um, yeah, a relinquishing of that awareness at the same time. I think it's like key to desire, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that she acknowledges this behaviour as something she might not like, but that which that which she that she likes. Yeah, it's just. It was well, so perfect. It's so perfect in their interaction. Yeah, I think 
um, Sloterdijk said it, and this is a wanky reference, but Sloterdijk said that every I've act- never heard that name. Really? Great. No. I mean, a great sort of, it's like light philosophy. Like, <laughs> he's like. Sloterdijk. Yeah, I don't know. Or Sloterdijk. I don't know Is that a, how to pronounce a, a Dutch name like that. Peter Sloterdijk or Dijk or whatever. Uh, oh, but I he love said, when you do a Dutch accent. He said um, that every act of solidarity is an act of sphere formation. That is to say the creation of an interior. And the thing about like Katie and Scott, yes. which is the thing for a lot of couples, is that it's sufficient to find the one with whom you can create this interior even if it's a bloodbath in there. Yes, yes. <laughs> or And or... Or, and maybe this needs a lot more um, exploration, but even especially because it's a bloodbath in there. Yes. It's a blood-filled bubble. Yes. It's Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. It's uh, Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. Right. I mean, I just quoted Sloterdijk, but I'm also a Luddite and um, um, what's, a, what's a better thing? <laughs> I just mean that they were they were married they were <laughs> married thrice and divorced twice. Oh right. But what's the Who is Afraid of Virginia Woolf um reference? Oh, it's the film that they were both in that's right. about a, a warring couple. It's shot entirely in one home. They have to, they have a couple of as a, as guests and it's just about their fractures. Is it good? Should um, I watch it? Oh, it's one of my favourite films. Okay. It's incredible. N- oh. Next episode we come back. All right, this is a Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf <laughs> podcast now. Everyone should watch it. It's an amazing film. <laughs> um, all right, I'm glad we got that done. I'm very happy that we spoke Me about that, that ending because that, that was a good-ass episode of Love Island. Oh, so Even good. Even if so I do juicy. say so myself. <laughs> um, oh yeah, and we forgot even to mention like mm. that um Nathan and um Kara Kara who uh aren't shown much on the show because they're in a, now in a committed loving relationship. Mm-hmm. Um you know, his words really should be giving him blue balls. They're on the sixth day. They've been coupled up together since the beginning and they'd never been to second base. And he was like whispering in bed, please, can we just go to second base? I'm dying here. I'm dying here. And then she jerks him off and he comes in this like wildly. Did she jerk him off? I think they fucked. No, 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 no. Yes. No, they they did not fuck. They had sex. No, they didn't. Her knickers no. were off. You could see when the covers came. No, off. no, 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 no. She gave him a hand job. Okay. Well, I was. Go- I th- I thought we were moving towards the end of the episode, but now I have to Google again. Did no, Kara- that, I just wanted to mention that at the end. And but anyway, Nathan, Nathan and Zara, uh, uh, Kara. Nathan and Kara, he had just been like annoyingly like an annoying little puppy like complaining about his sexual frustration it's only day six nathan keep it together anyway she succumbed she loves him they seem to have a pretty good relationship now and uh he they really like each other oh (laughs) yeah really really 
Uh, oh, okay. Love Island's Kara and Nathan reveal their sex secrets but confess they didn't do it on the show. Yeah, she gave him her hand jobs. But they, I don't know, the claim comes after the couple previously spoke about how daunting it was having sex on the show. You can tell they didn't have sex. She wasn't moving. I don't know. I'm going to have to go no. back over the footage now. They they hadn't even been to second base, Sam. Do you know what? What, you think? I'm going over the footage. Oh, my God. I promise you. No. Nah. They didn't go from no second base to having sex. What's second base? Is that a smooch? I think it's hands. So first base is kiss. Yeah. And second base is jerked off. I didn't grow up I'm with no bases. I'm no expert. I've never been able to figure this out. I, I think everyone has their own truth. No, no one did. We're trying to figure it out from Hollywood coming of age films. There's, Previously there's no manual here. All right. I think second base is anal. Yeah, first base is anal. All right. <laughs> second base is talking. I'm looking for the black and white night vision cam. No, they didn't have sex, penetrative sex. Um, they had. I'm looking for the night cam. They had <laughs> heteronormative penis in vagina sex. <laughs> they did not. Okay, I'm watching it now. I just promise oh, you they he's didn't. coming. Okay. Yeah, she's going up and down. Nah, she's going up and down with her hand. No, no, her knee is moving. Yeah, she's getting it. No, no, he's moving. If he was just being jerked off, he wouldn't. His head wouldn't be bobbing up and down. Bullshit. They're playing Valkyrie. I know. And now they're both laughing because he came. He came so hard as well. It looked like I he was know, having their a seizure. Orgasm often their orgasm response is to laugh. It's interesting. Mm. I, I'm, I've, I'm a sex truther for Karen and Nathan. I reckon they fucked. No. Well, we're going to gonna have to agree to disagree for a whole week. Yeah. Nathan and Kara, come on the pod. Come on the pod. Um, oh, yeah, because next epi they'll talk about it. Sophie, we know our gorgeous Sophie Graydon, sex pause. She's going to be right in there. She's going to be like, so what, did he put it in? And then we'll get the tea. Oh, that's the rhyme. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be listening for that next week and we'll bring it to you, this incredibly stale information from an old season of reality <laughs> television. We'll bring that to you. That most of you aren't watching. Next week, which is actually six weeks from now for for everybody else. <laughs> Wait, they've heard uh, three, four, five, six. It's okay, three so it's, weeks it's from three now. three weeks from now. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. We love you. Love. <laughs>